Hey, it's Heather, and in this episode of Not Just Heather's, we are joined by Cody J from Geeks Rising, Stuck Listening, and his own creations. We hope that you enjoy the stories that he has to share from his journey. Hey, Cody, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It is amazing to have you here. Our connection came about through Logan Noggle, who I know through Geeks Rising, but you know, outside of that, you work on a project together called Stuck Listening. But other than that, you have amazing creative passions, and I'm so excited to talk to you about those today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yay. (laughs) We have been talking to each other for a while, but you mentioned before recording that this is our first in-voice chat that we've had. Yes. Me and Logan had you do a voice on an episode of Stuck Listening. I just, I always miss Malcolm when I'm on the subject. Oh. (laughs) I only do the episodes where he's not there for some reason. I think Malcolm's unavailability might be why I keep getting brought in. Well, it's awesome that you can make it. And it's always interesting hearing the guests that they have on on the subject. I do like the guest episodes. I still like the idea of us taking over that show. Oh, it's going to (laughs) happen. We'll make it happen. (laughs) It's only a matter of time. Exactly. Because you've got amazing creative passions and things, I was wondering if you could share a few stories about them with us today. Music and art are probably the biggest ones, would you say? I would say that's the main ones, yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting because this year in March you launched a new song called Call My Name and I was one of the first people to hear it because it got launched in New Zealand time (laughs) ahead of everyone else. (laughs) Yes, that was very exciting. I had released an album like three years previous and... I actually have no idea how the releasing schedule works. That was exciting to find out that it launches a day early on the other side of the world. Yes, your little hype squad down here in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> My little upside down listening party. That was amazing. I loved that. That was so neat. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. You're welcome. I love your music. It has, for me, kind of like real good weekend vibes or summer vibes and I love that kind of music to have on my playlist, and it's been in rotation ever since I discovered it, and you shared like, you shared it with me, and I binge-listened, and then I've had it on rotation quite regularly. That's nice. I've, like, I've enjoyed seeing uh, New Zealand as one of my top countries for listeners. <laughs> it makes me feel like I really made it. <laughs> what does your journey look like in terms of music? When did it start? How did you get passionate about music? I've always been pretty passionate about music. I just never really knew what to do with it. Mm-hmm. It was like I learned how to play clarinet when I was in elementary school and it became very clear to me very fast that that wasn't going to make me the rock star that I wanted to be as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find many examples of a uh, rock and roll clarinet players. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching myself piano and guitar and basically anything else I needed for a song. And then uh, it must have been high school was when I think Somebody found out that I could sing, so they brought me in to sing in their band, and then I just slowly took it over. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, that didn't really go anywhere. So then me and my brother just decided that I had like so many songs kicking around that I had written that we would just try to make an album, and then we did. Amazing. So are you from a musical family? Not really, no. My family enjoys music. Mm-hmm. I was brought up, my father was a big fan of karaoke. Mm-hmm. So whenever I would go to visit, there was a lot of karaoke weekends. And then other than that, my mom has just always been very supportive of me nice. getting into music, but didn't really know how to help me on that journey other than just buy me instruments and let me figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your brother, one of your brothers, you've got more than one? Oh, I have many. Many? <laughs> I'm the older brother of seven. Oh, wow. But we're all kind of scattered about, so... 
it wasn't a very crowded household. Yeah. One brother in particular you've worked on with your music. Yes. My brother Cosmo. I like to take credit for him getting into music because I showed him the Beatles and I would sit around and play piano and guitar and get him really excited. And then um, we went a few years without seeing each other. And in that time, I guess he became an extremely proficient musician. Nice. Far more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've been exploiting that ever since. Excellent. That's good. <laughs> You made a bootleg radio show uh, where you interviewed uh, your brother Cosmo about that song, Call My Name, and I loved the whole premise behind how you set that up. It was amazing. Also an interesting way of presenting an interview. I just love the connection that you two have and the connection to music. Music is something that I grew up with. My mum played cello and I played flute and like you didn't think I was going to get anywhere uh, with that, <laughs> though I've kind of let it slide since then but always had a passion for it. And I think I mentioned to you in one of our messages that all you need is a guitar and a voice or something, just like one thing in you to write lyrics and make a song happen. And I love that you've been able to do that and share that with the world. Yeah, I've always enjoyed singing and writing. I think that kind of came in the way of me actually learning how to play an instrument proficiently. Mm -hmm. And I basically just learned enough to sing over top of and convince people that don't actually know how to play an instrument that I do. <laughs> <laughs> It's all just been one long con. <laughs> so it's great that Cosmo can bring some actual talent to the tracks. Awesome. With the music, though, you made a music video for it. And that kind of touched on sort of your other artistic kind of skills because you had a really neat way of representing that song or sharing it in the music video. And also you made your audience, which I think is really clever. <laughs> I find I've always had very creative mental breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, I had written Call My Name like probably the summer before the pandemic mm -hmm. that is currently existing. Mm -hmm. And Call My Name was the one that me and Cosmo like found we were working on the easiest. Yeah. And I think by the time we were ready to release it, I really wanted to put out a music video because I'd never done one before. And I realized that Call My Name was kind of more about just sitting around. The genesis was just like when you're waiting for that person that you really like to like have time to basically talk to you mm -hmm. and then it kind of became like that was just how we were living <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i wanted to capture that in a video and like i've seen like a lot of quarantine art come out but a lot of it doesn't seem like it's gonna last once it's over okay so i wanted to make like a quarantine music video that wasn't strictly quarantine based like i'm trapped in a house with a cardboard audience trying to make something happen but also like that's kind of what i do while i wait for someone to hit me up anyway yeah. <laughs> so it was more just like loneliness and isolation as a whole as opposed to because of this specific incident yeah that's quite handy, not just relying on the quarantine itself and what that is, but addressing those things of loneliness and waiting. And I think that hit home for me too. I have this thing where I don't like taking out people's time, but I'm really grateful for whenever someone has time to share with me. And so I wanted to say thank you for all of your time, even though they've just been messages here and there kind of thing, but it has meant a lot being able to keep in touch. Well, it means a lot to me to have somebody that I can talk to at one o'clock in the morning. Yes. Time zones for the win. <laughs> the time difference has really been working out for me. <laughs> nice. Not only did you make the music video, but you have other artistic skills as well. You've got some creations that you've made. Would you like to share about those? I always have trouble branding myself as an artist because I don't think I've really committed to any one medium. I kind of get like stir crazy and like to do a bunch of different projects. So like the music video, the music, the radio show. 
comic books, writing, poetry, podcasting, like it's just, I can't seem to focus on one thing. So like comics, I absolutely love. I love collaborative projects. And I think comics was kind of my introduction into like, oh, you can make art and not just be a guy that sits locked in a room, like thinking all day, like you can like drag other people into this nonsense. (laughs) And that's always been more fun to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's part of the reason I started the radio show on my Patreon feed is because I wanted to interview all these people that I work with because so many people dedicate their talent and time to my stupid ideas. That like I wanted to and talk with them and show people like who I'm constantly interacting with. But the idea of doing just a normal interview seemed boring <laughs> and like everybody does that. I don't find myself that engaging as an interviewer. <laughs> so I thought it'd be fun if I was going on hijinks and playing songs in between as well. I love that. I think it's really neat. It's a fun listen. It was engaging and a fun way of breaking up an interview. And like you, that's why I'm doing this project. I love connecting with people and sharing their stories and have had the opportunity to meet and work with a bunch of amazing people like yourself. I'm just not going to do it as fancy (laughs) as you. Well, I've... (laughs) (laughs) I think I overthink things. So like my idea of like doing an interview, like I love listening to interview shows and I'm going to listen to yours, obviously, not just this episode, (laughs) but I have no confidence in it being engaging enough if I was the one doing it. So I feel like I always need to throw in the bells and whistles because I just like I could listen to you do it and I can listen to Logan interview people, but I don't I I have no like confidence that people would listen to me do it. So I'm going to throw in songs and sound effects and keychains and all this nonsense and insanity to make it seem like I'm making it worth people's time. (laughs) It just makes it extra special. And also, I wanted to bring up that you mentioned about you haven't settled on one medium. I don't feel like you have to. I, I know that on ourselves we can be quite critical and whatnot, but I think it's amazing that you're exploring all sorts of different things and you are multi-passionate, if you want to call it that, in different mediums. That's really exciting. Yeah, it's been interesting. It's hard because like, I, I look to other people in my field to like see how they're selling themselves and presenting themselves and like getting people to pay attention or care. And everyone I watch seems very hyper-focused on like one medium. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really... Um, I haven't really found a good example of how to make people care about a bunch of different stuff. Because like people that like your music may not care about comics at all. Whereas I'm asking you to care about music, comics, podcasts, short stories. I went through a hole where I was just narrating a bunch of short stories. I did an entire audiobook for a friend of mine. And I'm like, how do I market that? <laughs> like, it's its own challenge. It's interesting. Yeah. That's not easy. And I get the whole people tend to focus on one thing. But one of my people of inspiration that I hold to, he'll probably laugh when he listens, but is Bandrew because he is multi-passionate. He does a bunch of things. And some people might not follow like his audio gear reviews and then his music, which he does and podcasts and all the rest of it. But like, then there are the people who like you for you and are interested to see what you're doing in all of the things. I think the important distinction I've made is just convincing myself that, yeah, it's okay to, it's okay to die poor and creative. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Rather than banking on the idea that I'll be a rock star, comic writer, novelist, podcaster. (laughs) Okay. You've done it for the passion and the fun and that's the main thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't mind if I'll always have to deliver pizzas as long as I'm making all the stuff I like. Yeah. That's tricky because the value you give still is huge and it still has had a huge impact on me because your music I enjoy a lot. And 
I know that's really hard to quantify. I find that hard too. But the little things when I hear if someone's like been inspired by listening to something that I've done or I brighten someone's day, that won't pay my bills, obviously. But it's still pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what got me into this was when I was coming up and wanting to do music, there was this Canadian musician Winston Hawshild that I like I just found his music randomly on the internet when I was like 15 and I really liked it and I just like on a whim reached out and messaged him and like he would respond to all of my emails because I think I would spend send like once a year <laughs> like one a year I would send him emails and he would always be like really nice and reply and be really kind Aww. and I don't think it was until like very recently that I realized he's basically the equivalent of what I am now <laughs> like he was just some 20 something year old guy just making music. And then there was just this small child like harassing him, thinking that he was like this big rock star musician. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's kind of like become my goal now. So I was like, oh, well, if I can get like one weird kid inspired like that, that kind of seems worth it. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that you have a space where people can support you in other ways, like Patreon, for example, because if you don't have that available, no one can use it. So that's not <laughs> like you've not given yourself or given that option to people. Patreon's interesting because I'm constantly trying to make it worth subscribing to, mm -hmm. but I also want people to get the art more than I want money for it which yeah. is like terrible business. Yeah. <laughs> but like even with the radio show, it's like, oh, I'll just do like a monthly radio show for the Patreon. But then like it's only hitting my Patreons and I'm like, oh, well, I want more people to see this weird thing that I've been working on. And it's like very hard for me to, I'm, I'm not very good at monetizing myself. <laughs> well, I think that's a journey too. And it's not easy. Is there anything else that have helped you with any challenges you've faced while making music or creating comics? I think collaborators has been the saving force of all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like having, having those people you work with, like, because if it's just something I make, it's easier for me to just like throw it away for free. Mm -hmm. But when other people are invested and like there's people that like have put their time and effort into this, like it makes me want it to succeed more for their benefit than mine. Yeah. Gabby, my collaborator in all things comics, has been good for that because I've been given like a very strict quota of how much I can give away at Comic-Cons. <laughs> <laughs> I have like two or three issues set aside that I'm allowed to give to my favorite cosplayers. Aww. And then everything else I have to sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then even um, Logan's wife, Cynthia, has been a really good proponent for like, oh, no, you should charge more for that. Or like, oh, no, don't just give that away. Or <laughs> yeah, having um, a team makes it easier, I think. That's awesome. How did you get to connect with Gabby V? Uh, we met in middle school mm -hmm. and she drew these really cool cartoon animal warriors. And I thought they were awesome. And then we kind of just bonded over a love of comics. And I always wanted to be a writer and they wanted to draw. So then we just kind of like, it was just a perfect pairing. Awesome. So uh, we did Onery. Meep and Poot was actually hers before it was Tyler's. And it was just these character concepts that they had done for art school. And I just fell in love with the idea of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to build like a whole world around them. And then we're working on one now that should come out this year called Rotten Fruit. And it's just, she's just one of my favorite people to work with. That's awesome. That's so cool. Logan shared about how he met you. Was that through Gabby V? Because it was at Ant Gallery or some event they had, yes. I believe. Yeah? Yes, it was at the Ant Gallery Monsters and Misfits Gallery. Awesome. And Gabby was had some art there, and I just moved out to Tucson. So basically, Gabby would have these paintings on display, and I would just be the weirdo in the corner drinking and just fraternizing with everybody. <laughs> 
So me and Logan met through that. That's neat. It's, it's hard to remember what the draw to Logan was because we've become kind of inseparable at this point that I mm-hmm. can't ever remember the genesis of it. <laughs> Those are good ones, though. I love that. Although it made me feel a little bit awkward. My best friend, I've been friends with her since I was 11 years old. I know that much, but I don't remember the day that I met her. And I don't know how we became to connect on the level that we did. And we've just been friends ever since. So Yeah, I remember like me and Logan just dancing around each other. And being like, I like that guy. I want to know that guy, but I don't really know how to do that. And then we ended up working together. And that was honestly just like, we just needed to be forced to be in a building together. And then it was kind of all over. Nice. Now we're neighbors and he's constantly trying to get me to stop coming over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I am glad that you have such an amazing friendship connection. So close. Like that, that is really neat. <laughs> are there anything in particular that inspires you? When you're creating things, where do you draw your inspirations from? That's always a tricky question, isn't it? Yeah. Because the creative process, I always feel like, is just staring off into the distance for long periods of time. (laughs) Yeah. And then you just kind of like grab whatever flies by. Like I was trying to remember very recently just like where the concept for the music video came from. And I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It evolved somehow. Yeah. Like when quarantine first started, I built a stage in the back of my house just just because I could. And then it just became like a little karaoke room where we could do karaoke. And then I think at one point I was like, well, if people aren't going to come over, I should just make an audience so that I can fill up this space back here. And then it just kind of like spiraled. But I I don't remember like any of the sparks that cause things. Yeah, Like stuck listening, I think was just me and Logan being like, we should do a podcast sometime. (laughs) And I don't know how it spiraled into the weird show that it has become. So it's very hard for me to remember where the inspiration comes from. It's just kind of like you grab it as it goes by and you hope it sticks around. Yeah. He mentioned about you're both interested in writing and it's kind of like sending each other creative writing prompts or things to riff off of. And for writing music, then how do you keep track of that? Songwriting is probably the most solitary creative form I have Mm -hmm. because that's usually just me sitting outside or alone in my room just with a guitar and just mumbling over a chord progression I like. Mm -hmm. And then like I usually wait till I have the full thing flushed out. Like if I can play it from start to finish on my own and sing it, then I'll do like a little like voice demo or I'll record like what I think should go with it. And then I'll send it to my brother and he'll take it from there and then we'll just like ping pong it. But uh, the songwriting process is mostly just me. And I have recently discovered that I have no idea what I'm writing or singing about until it's done. Like I've tried to sit down and like have an idea and have a message that I want to say and then like write the lyrics and then try to make the song work. Mm -hmm. And those ones always feel like the stiffest and least natural to me. Yeah. Like mostly it's like I like these four chords and then I just start mumbling until I find words that are right. And then like maybe two or three months later, I'm like, oh, that's what that song was about. Oh, that's awesome. That's a whole journey in and of itself. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It might not sound amazing to you, but to me, that is like magic happening. You know, when things come to you or you're fleshing them out and feeling them out as you go, I think that is a little bit of magic. It's always funny because people always ask you like, oh, how do you do this? Or how do you come up with this? Or how do you write a song? And there was, I had a friend that was living with me for a little bit and like, he played guitar and he was like writing songs and stuff, but like he was like hitting a brick wall and he's just like, Cody, how do you write songs? And I literally just sat down and kind of by accident, like, I wrote one right in front of him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Like I was just like mumbling and I was like, oh, I find chords I like. And then I was mumbling. And then like, I think I had like a verse and a chorus and I was like, oh, I got to go work on this. Like, uh, that's how you do it. <laughs> I just kind of like skittered away and finished it. <laughs> nice. So I think he's the only one that's ever going to have like a proper experience of what it's, <laughs> what the process is like. And that's what this is about is sharing your journey in the way that things work out for you. There's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, you make songs and they're I enjoy listening. Hopefully other people will enjoy listening when they find them. Yeah, it is just your journey. That's good. I know, but I feel like as a creative, you're always like watching interviews or like studying a craft and trying to figure out like how they do it, trying to figure out like how it works. And then once you actually have like, like once you create a few things and then people start asking you how you did it, you realize you have no idea, even though all you've been doing is trying to figure out how you do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like studying to be a teacher and then realizing you don't actually have a um, a course to teach. <laughs> I think that making the thing is the biggest thing. Like we can listen to all the things and take all the courses and do whatever else, but at the end of the day, you have to sit down and try and do the thing to get there. And some people might have a very structured way of doing that. Other people might sit there and just let those chords come to them and and mumble over words like you were saying, like. But if you don't try making something, you can't make anything because you haven't done it. I think it's important to so that people listening know that, you know, whatever their journey looks like, it, it might be different to yours or it might have some resonance that's, that's similar and they can know that, hey, <laughs> Cody got there and made a song and I'm just going to keep doing my thing till I get to where I want to be. Yeah, I think we're all just winging it. Yeah. Like I found, I found one of the most important lessons I ever learned was that period where like you're in your early 20s and you realize that people are looking at you as an adult, but you realize you have no idea what you're doing. Uh -huh. And then you realize that's true of every human being. Yeah. Like nobody knows what they're doing. So <laughs> there's no real wrong way to go about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, music is solitary. One of the solitary things you work on, but you enjoy the collaborative things. And I think not only that, but having people around you who can support you and do what you're doing, not just that you're actually working with. And I hope that you have those people too. Oh, I have I have a insanely supportive group of people in my life. Nice. Yeah. I, I am terribly spoiled with how supportive everyone around me is of every insane endeavor I want to take interest in. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby is my like collaborator in craft, but also my roommate and indulges all of my weird manic behavior, like creating 13 cardboard cutouts that are just looming around in the house very eerily until I decide what to do with them. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah, that's good. Because I think that can be one big challenge. I find that a challenge anyway, having that support network there. And you've been... That's why I love our connection and the Geeks Rising connection and stuff is because it's you've been a support lifeline -y thing for me. So thank you. Well, I liked how immediately you became one of those people that I just send like weird things that I've started working on. Like you were one of the first people to hear the radio show before I knew if that was even something I should be doing. <laughs> I was just like, does this sound like something or is this just a weird thing I did? Well, you feel free to send anything my way. I will happily listen. <laughs> I shall be. Good. <laughs> How are you doing post-2020? I know that things are not completely settled down and whatnot, but how are you doing currently? And you mentioned that you're working on a comic for this year, hopefully. The end of 2020, I think, was when the fatigue finally set in. Mm -hmm. The winter was very difficult. I don't think I made anything at all. 
So I think that's why I've been so manically productive now that the spring is coming. Mm-hmm. I find I go through seasons. So I think uh, the pressure of quarantine and the looming pandemic has just exacerbated that. Finding material to draw off of has been very difficult lately. But I think I've had en- I've got enough like ideas from the before times saved up that it should roll me down until everybody goes and gets that vaccine and we can go out and experience life again. Yeah. <laughs> How have you been handling it? I wasn't handling life very well before the pandemic pandemic hit. So last year was rough (laughs) on top of that. But little things have helped me get through like our chats and things I've had with other people and now working on this project and just little things like the sunny days. And I'm grasping at straws basically, but I mean, whatever works to get you through, I think. And I'm still here. So (laughs) that's good. I think me and Logan were both immensely happy that um, one manic drunken voicemail from the two of us helped <laughs> oh absolutely i want to make a mention here because you did you just randomly well for me randomly voice messaged me the two of you and i was like this is the most exciting thing ever <laughs> got a voicemail and it was sweet and just super nice that you'd both thought of me and had an idea of what i could do and you wanted to talk to me and it was just amazing it made my day I, it was a particularly sh- terrible day that day <laughs> which you wouldn't have known and it yeah, it, it meant a lot. Well, you had mentioned this project, and then I think me and Logan had just got done doing on the subject, and we're just like planning the new season of Stuck Listening, and they were just like, did you hear about what Heather said she was going to work on? And then we just decided that we should tell you that we thought that was a fine idea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing what can happen when you get that little bit of something, that little bit of motivation and support from someone, you hear from someone. It is. It's, it's nice. I think, I don't know about him, but I have definitely received my fair share of that kind of input. So I always like to give it forward whenever I can. Try to shout when I hear there's a good idea around the corner. <laughs> That's awesome. Where can people find all of the things that you do? Well, I've started using Linktree now because I don't know how to build a website and I really don't want to find out how. So I've made a Linktree to everything that I've ever done. So if you go to any of my social media, you'll see it there in my info, Linktree slash Cody J. And I'm Cody J on everything. I've tried to make it as simple as possible. (laughs) I love that. That is very helpful. Thank you. And then my Patreon obviously will have everything I do on there. Yeah. As well as the boot scoot and bootleg radio. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and sharing your stories, Cody. It's amazing. Thank you for being an important connection in my life. And I cannot wait to do more things and talk to you in the future. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm always available to be talked to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much, Cody, for sharing your time with me to have this conversation. And thank you, listener, for listening and sharing your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you have a connection with Cody or you find one after listening, please share them with us. And if there's someone you know who might benefit from discovering more about Cody, we would love for you to share it with them too. All of the details for this episode can be found at justheathers.com slash guests. Until next time. <laughs>